comics, TV, movies, video games, and more. The Comic and Culture Cast. Holy, we have a new co-host, Batman. It's time for the Comic and Culture Cast. This is Les, your Marvelous Marvel guy. And I may not be from the Capitol, but I'm your DC guy, Josh. And I'm your Lore Master, Bradley. Oh, baby, it's triple! Oh, yeah! Alright, so we have a brand new official co-host of the Comic and Culture Cast. He was on last episode for our Decade Interview, and we had him on for the Game of Thrones episode. We have Bradley, new co-host. Yay! <laughs> <laughs> Cool. I'm excited to have him on. Yeah. Yeah, I'm excited to join. Uh, I enjoyed both the Decade in Review and the Game of Thrones that we did. So, Yeah, a little um, behind the scenes. We finished the Decade in Review, which was a long episode, longer than you guys experienced because I cut, you know, a little bit when I was editing. <laughs> and it was a lot of talking, a lot of conversation. And I texted our little group chat afterwards. And I was like, Bradley, I'm so happy to have you on. It was really fun. And I'm excited to see, you know, the future. So, um Bradley's a really awesome guy, and you yeah. guys are going to love him even more as we continue on yeah, having him as a true co-host. Hopefully. Hopefully people don't like hate me as the new guy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I don't think they will. Um, they I was talking to one us, person that so was listening okay. to the episode, and they said they really like Bradley, so that's good. Well, I appreciate that. I don't know who said that, but I appreciate it very much. <laughs> All right. So what are we talking about this episode? All right. So we're going to be talking about uh, The Witcher, 1917, uh, and Batman Under the Red Hood. But, cool, but first... First we have a newsflash. Alrighty. So, I'll talk about what newsflash is. Newsflash is when we go through the news in 15 minutes. After 15 minutes is over, we are done. Anything that we didn't get to go over will be thrown either to next week or on Facebook. More on Facebook at the end of the episode. And set a 15 minute timer. I actually got it ready if you want to. Oh, okay, sure. All yeah, right. go for it. Cool. Uh, Bradley, do you want to start? Uh, yeah, I can start with my first piece. All right, cool. All right, so we'll start in three, two, one. All right, so uh, so Oscar nominations came out this past week, um, and Joker received 11 nominations. That includes Best Picture, and Joaquin Phoenix is nominated for Actor in a Leading Role for his portray- portrayal of Arthur Fleck. Um, so that's cool. really cool. Uh, I think they said it's the most nominations um, like a comic book movie's ever received. So that's really exciting. That's awesome. That's awesome. I think it deserves it, yeah. so that's cool. This is a huge win for comic book fans everywhere. True. Oh, do you want me to keep going with Oscar yeah, nominations? Go for it. Okay. Yeah, you can go on. <laughs> All right. So, uh, Toy Story Four was nominated for animated feature, um, and uh, a lot of people were shocked. I saw a couple things on uh, social media talking about how Frozen Two wasn't nominated for like anything, as far as I saw when I checked the list. And so, yeah, there was a few people who were not very happy about it. Some people were more just kind of 
confused about why it wouldn't be nominated. So that was kind of interesting. But I mean, Toy Story 4 was a really good film. I enjoyed it. Probably wasn't my personal favorite Toy Story, 4, Toy Story but... Personally, I am salty because I loved Frozen 2. But I like Toy Story <laughs> also, so that's okay. <laughs> and then uh, Netflix actually leads the Oscars with six nominations. Uh, or 24 nominations. I don't know I said six. Um, <laughs> I skipped a little down. Uh, Ten for The Irishman, including Best Picture and Director. Uh, six for Marriage Story, including Best Picture. And uh, Adam Driver is nominated for uh, Leading Role. And Scarlett Johansson's nominated for her Leading Role as well. Um, two Popes got a nomination um i lost my body got a nomination and then klaus was nominated for best animated feature film as well cool all right so so netflix is going crazy at the oscars yeah well on the note of oscars less you want to talk a little bit about box office sure okay so uh kind of just two films we'll kind of check in with uh frozen 2 is now the highest grossing animated film and i put highest grossing animated film in quotations because it doesn't include the lion king remake which is kind of animated uh but anyway <laughs> frozen 2 has made uh 1.325 billion worldwide uh surpassing the original frozen which made 1.281 billion and incredible 2 which made uh 1.243 billion um and star wars rise of skywalker uh has also passed the 1 billion mark uh since its release it did so a few days ago I'm curious how that relates to Aquaman, because when did Rise of Skywalker come out? What date? December, like, 20th, I think? It's December 20th. Okay, so that's the, almost exactly when Aquaman came yeah, out. Yeah, the Friday before Christmas. So yeah, day yeah so right about when Aquaman came out. And I remember Aquaman, when it hit $1 billion, was early January. So I'm curious, like, if we put the two side by side, if they follow, like, a similar track. I, I Honestly, I don't think Star Wars is going to pass Aquaman, just based on well, how, how much did Aquaman make? Um, a little over a billion. I don't remember oh, okay. exactly. If you want to check it out while I talk about my piece of news. Sure. Okay, cool. So talk a little bit about um, DC stuff. The Flash film is supposedly going to be some form of a Flashpoint film. We don't know much else. Originally, the Flash film was going to be called Flashpoint, and then there was a bunch of like backpedaling and... We had no idea what was going on, and then it wasn't going to be a Flashpoint film. And then people said, well, it has to be a Flashpoint film so it could fix the issues. And then it was said that it was just going to be a standalone Flash movie, and then Cyborg was going to be in it. And then he wasn't in it. And then it was just Flash film again. And now we're back to the idea of it being some form of a Flashpoint story. So that's where we are now. Will we stay there? I don't know. <laughs> so this film has been all over the place. Um, HBO Max has announced that it is working on an animated Aquaman miniseries with James Wan. So that should be really cool. I'm curious as to whether the animated Aquaman will look like Jason Momoa or more like the original um, short hair blonde Aquaman that we're used to or even like the 90s um, long hair and beard Aquaman with a hook hand. I don't know. We'll just have to wait and see. But if it's on HBO Max, I don't expect it to be like a kid's show. I expect it to be a bit more um, gritty. So I think that could be really cool. And then lastly... On the DC side of things, Green Lantern TV show, the HBO uh, Max head of or original content, Sarah Aubrey, stated, quote, It's going to span several decades and focus on two stories about Green Lanterns on Earth, end quote. And it will also be, quote, going into the Sinestra story, unquote. We'll also be spending some time in space, but no word on how much of that series 
that will make up. So it seems a lot will be on Earth and focus on kind of the story of Sinestro and the making of the Yellow Lantern Corps. So I think that could be really cool. I'm excited for this and to see where it goes. Lesh, any news on um, where Aquaman finished? Yeah, so Aquaman uh, finished at $1.148 billion. Uh, Star Wars is currently at $1.029 billion. So, so it's possible yeah. that it could hit there, but it's getting near the end of its run. Yeah. So. Cool. All right, Bradley, you want to kick off with a little bit of Marvel news? Yeah. Or DC news, up to you. Um, I'll do Marvel since it'll kind of tie into uh, Lesh's next point. So the second trailer for Black Widow was, rele- uh, was released. It gives us information on the story, a little bit more, kind of a little detailed. Um, and it also gives us a better look at Taskmaster in action. Um, it gives him a much up-close and personal kind of look at him and how he looks with his hood up. Uh, it shows him a little bit more in the fight with uh, Red Guardian, and it also shows him... The sequence of him falling out of the sky is a little bit longer, so it shows you what he can do and the skills he has and kind of gives you a look into his powers. Um, there was also a uh, Black Widow prelude comic released on January 15th, and if you aren't quite caught up with Natasha's past in the MCU or you need a refresher on what's been going on, um, it's a good read. Uh, I got, uh, I'm got i almost done with it, and it does give you a lot of good stories it kind of catches you back up on all the different things she's done it also gives you a little bit more looks into things that weren't shown in the movies but have been hinted at and talked about so if you haven't if you're a little behind or you've been like wow this story started forever ago that's a pretty good catch up cool i might actually check that out if you wouldn't mind sending me the information on that bradley so not only can i put it in the show notes but i can check it out myself yeah for sure cool all right so i guess i'll continue on with marvel um I actually forgot to put one thing in the show notes, too, but it reminded me about, uh, about Black Widow. Uh, the pop figures for the new Black Widow movie are, you can pre-order them. I pre-ordered a few of them, so if you're interested in getting those, go ahead and get on that on Amazon. Uh, but continuing on, cool. um, Doctor Strange, talking about Doctor Strange now, uh, director Scott Derrickson announced that he and Marvel Studios are splitting over creative differences, uh, and he's stepping down uh, from directing Doctor Strange in the Multiverse of Madness. Uh, he's going to continue on as executive producer on the project. Uh, kind of sad about that, because I really loved what he did with the first Doctor Strange, um, but I'm, I'm glad that he's still kind of going to remain uh, kind of part of it. Um, we also have the first trailer for Morbius. Um, slight, uh, if you want to go in completely blind, uh, I, I'm going to talk about the ending of that trailer. So if you want to skip ahead like 30 seconds or something, um, Michael Keaton is, is coming back as Vulture. That's awesome. I'm really excited for that. Can't wait to see how that is going to connect. Um, that, that's going to come out, uh, July 31st, uh, 2020. So this summer. Cool. Yeah. Um, I don't have a lot more news, so Bradley, do you want to jump in and do your DC news real quick? Yeah, um, so this is kind of more of the information for people who like comics and graphic novels. Um, So on January 15th, a Birds of Prey graphic novel was released, focused on um, the character Black Canary. Um, It gives you a little bit more of a story about who she is and what she will kind of fit into the Birds of Prey movie that's coming out. Um, Previously, on January 1st, there was one that was released for The Huntress, and on January 22nd, so... Tuesday? No, Wednesday. Um, there'll be a graphic novel centered on Harley Quinn um, that'll build up and kind of create a side story to the film that hits theaters on February 7th. So, spoilers be warned um, for thee who dare to read. Cool. Alright, so I guess uh, I'll get into my gaming news. Uh, we have a few delays that have happened. Uh, Final Fantasy VII Remake was delayed uh, to April 10th. 
um, which is just a month, so that's not too bad. Uh, Cyberpunk 2077 was delayed from April to September 17th. Uh, Marvel's Avengers was delayed from May 15th to September 4th. Um, and then finally, Iron Man VR was supposed to come out in February. It's going to take the old Avengers date, uh, which is May 15th. Um, well, let me just say, if they want to take more time making a game better, do it. Absolutely. For sure. Yeah, for sure. I'm a little disappointed with the Cyberpunk delay, because uh, I was really looking yeah. forward to it. But yeah, if it comes out and it's a lot better and it's doing great and it, it's what they originally wanted it to release at, then I'll be happy with it. I, I'm curious to know how cool. these games are going to do, now, uh, especially Cyberpunk and Avengers, now that it's kind of getting close to like the new consoles. I'm curious if that'll hurt them at all but uh we'll, Ooh, we'll i didn't see. think about that that's um, a good point and then uh i'll do one more piece of gaming news and then i'll save my last one for the end uh byleth from fire emblem <laughs> three houses is coming to super smash bros ultimate as a big fan of fire emblem three houses i'm super happy but i know a lot of fans are not happy that another fire emblem character is in the game because there's a lot of them already so this character uses a sword right uh, you can use a sword, or you can use any other uh, uh, any other of the hero relics. So there's uh, he has there's a bow, uh, I think an axe. I have to reload, but yeah, like okay. yeah, you can choose between like which weapon you want. But um, several of my students um are big Smash fans, and I heard them talking. I can't believe we got another sword character. Yeah. they could have picked anybody. Well, <laughs> so it, it was I, I do think that like maybe they should have um. Because I know there have been instances where they show two characters, uh, or like they reveal two characters at once. Maybe this should not have been the right time to reveal just Byleth. Like maybe saved him for like E3 and did, you know, like announced him alongside another character. Probably would have made that announcement uh, not as bad, but it is. I'm still waiting for them to announce Shrek. I want Shrek and Smash. (laughs) Okay. Go, go do your news, Josh. <laughs> okay, so my news, um, I'll start with not really news, just a personal achievement that I wanted to share that I thought was kind of cool. We talked about Dragon Ball Z Dokkan Battle, the mobile game. This past Saturday, I reached 365 days of login. Congratulations. So, yeah, that's awesome. Milestone, especially on a mobile game. Playing a mobile game for a year is kind of big. That's not really a big deal for a console game or like AAA title or anything. For a mobile game, I think that's pretty cool. So... Continuing on, um, my really only real gaming news is Dragon Ball Z Kakarot is now out. I know Lesh has got it and played it a little bit. Bradley, have you played it at all yet? Yeah, I've put in a few hours playing it so far. Okay, cool. So I'm at 10 hours so far. I'm at the fight with Vegeta. And I'll just leave it at that because we're going to have a whole episode dedicated to this game once we all have played it a bit more. It's coming. um, All I got to say is I'm really enjoying it so far, and I'll leave it at that. Cool. All right, uh, so my last piece of news... Bradley, you're done, right? Yeah, I'm done. Go ahead. Uh, So uh, Sony is keeping E3 again, um, which is pretty huge (laughs) considering they're launching a console this year. Yeah. Um, You know, I I kind of have mixed thoughts on it. Um, I'm just going to stop the timer. But um, yeah, because last last time, right, when they uh, revealed the PlayStation 4, you know, they had their own separate uh conference which you know is totally fine that's obviously that's probably what they're gonna do um they, they, they've kind of gone a direction in doing more state of plays which personally i don't really think they're that great so uh 
I'm, I'm curious to know what the, how they're gonna do it. Um, I think this is a sign just that like E3 is, is it's it's dying. Like 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 people don't really take it seriously anymore. So um, I think this is a smart marketing move though. Yeah, yeah because is well, is Xbox Series X gonna be at E3? Yeah. So if they both the PS5 and Xbox Series X were released at E3, re- the revealed. news would be split. Yeah. Or reve- yeah, revealed at E3, the news would be split. Where now, if they're at two different events, E3 is going to be all about the Xbox well, Series X, and then Sony's event is going to be all about the PlayStation Five. But but so the news cycle, well, they'll be in different news cycles. The, the only issue, the only issue I have with that is they're kind of giving um, Xbox the whole E3 event, and as far as we know, they're not. They haven't. They didn't announce anything. So as far as we know, they're having one event, and that's it. You know, whereas Xbox is most oh, likely going to have two. Um, but again, I mean, we don't know what Sony's doing, right? I I just think that like I think they may have probably should have announced what their plan is instead of just being like, hey, we're not going to go to E three, see ya, you know. But yeah, I mean, what if like they just update their website and the PlayStation Five is on their website, no big announcement or yeah. anything. Well, my problem was with last year, a lot of the uh, developers who were developing um, Sony exclusive uh-huh. content had to wait for Sony's own little show. They yeah. None of them, like, because uh, people, I mean, you had a bunch of different developers who mm-hmm. went to E3 and they were showing all this stuff and people knew about games that were coming out on PlayStation exclusive, but they didn't show anything about it. And people were like, what? Why is this not being, where is the trailer? Why are they not talking about it? And then it got like a 30 second teaser promo at the Sony conference when they did their own event. And people were like, really? That's all we get from this? So I feel like at the same time, it's beneficial for Sony, especially to mm. kind of separate the news and yeah. the articles and all that stuff. But then it doesn't really help a lot of their partners mm-hmm. when it comes to developers because of exclusive releases and the much the less time they have to focus on their games. Yeah. So I mean, Sony's a big company, so they they must have something up their sleeve. But it's just kind of kind of weird. I do think that like if they're not at E3 this year, they weren't there last year. I don't think they're done. I don't. I don't think they're coming back. At least not until they need it. You know, which I don't think they yeah. do. Um. So I guess I, I guess we'll see what happens. But yeah, that's yeah, for sure. interesting. Yeah. That's that's all my news. So I guess we're we're done. Yeah. Well, I just want to say one thing that I thought was interesting. Uh-huh. I know news flashes over, but did you see that Sony is making a car? Oh, yeah, Sony. I did hear about I, that. Yeah, I heard about that as well. And I'll just leave that. We're, we're not a tech show. So um, if you want more information on that, just look it up. We I should, just thought it was we odd should review that and worth car. mentioning. Yeah, if you want to buy it, I'll, I'll come drive it a bit and help review it. <laughs> All right, so the rest of this episode, we have our game slash TV talk. We have our comic slash manga talk. We have our movie talk and our game slash activity at the end of the show. All of it was chosen by Bradley. So this, as you can see by the title of this episode, it's all about Bradley. He was on the last episode as a true co-host, and he was a guest on a previous episode. But this episode is to show you guys, the audience, what Bradley is all about. You know what Lesh is like. You know what I'm like. But you might not know a lot about Bradley. So this episode is all about Bradley showing off his interests. So everything was chosen by him. So Bradley, you want to tell um, them about what you chose for each of these things? Um, Yeah, for sure. Uh, So for my game slash TV talk, uh, we kind of split it in half because I'm a huge fan of The Witcher video games. Um, 
And obviously, the first season of the show just came out. So uh, there's some anticipation and there's some talk, conversations, and reviews about that. Um, I've played, I played The Witcher all three games when they came out, one, two, and three. Um, I put in a crazy amount of hours in all of them. I, I still get on Witcher 3 to today. I'm constantly playing different like run-throughs and trials. Uh, I get I get lost in all the side quests and all that stuff. Um, and I'm a huge fan of action-adventure and RPGs and stuff. So um, I thought The Witcher was a great way to define like my interest in video games. And then also, it it's also a pretty good definition of what I like when it comes to TV and, and movies. Um, because... Uh, I like fantasy movies. I'm a huge fan of Lord of the Rings and um, The Hobbit and stuff like that. So I thought it was a pretty good mix to bring both the game and TV show to talk about for The Witcher. Um, And then next, uh, so we're going to talk about the comic we're talking about today is going to be Batman Under the Red Hood. I'm a huge comic book fan as well. Um, I love both DC and Marvel. I constantly look for new comics and graphic novels that are coming out. Um, But one of my favorites of all time is the Under the Red Hood series. Uh, it's a great story. Um, we're going to talk about it a little bit more, but it introduced um, one of my favorite anti-heroes into the DC universe, and he's a great character. He's uh, super complex, um, and he's kind of a new take on, like, I look at it as, like, he's a dark version of Batman, but also a dark version of Robin, obviously. Um, and then 1917, we're going to talk about, because uh, I do like war movies as well. And it just came out, so this is kind of our quick review and discussion of what we personally thought. So, Cool. So hopefully um, that right there gives you a good idea of what Bradley can contribute to the show. And I'm very happy to have him here because I can already tell from what we've had with him before, he's going to contribute a lot and fill in any holes that Lesh and I were not covering previous and previous episodes. So without any further ado, um, do you want to jump into The Witcher? Yeah, for sure. Let's do it. We can definitely talk about it. So, um, obviously, we mentioned it in Decade in Review. It was my number one game for the last decade, uh, was Witcher 3. Um, and we kind of did our little glossovers of what we personally thought and stuff. So, uh, um, I mean, I like, what do you guys think about it? I thought it was a great game. Like I said, I sunk constant hours of playing it. So, uh, you said yeah. you played the, the first two games, right? Um, mm-hmm. Before, yeah, so I... I just went in. The Witcher Three was kind of my first introduction to that series, so like I like I had no idea what to expect. I just knew, hey, people are like getting really excited for this game, and then I saw the reviews, and I was like, oh man, okay, let me check this game out. But yeah, I absolutely <laughs> loved it. Um, it became my uh, it was my number four game uh, for the decade, um, and then yeah, I I've started reading the books now since they announced the show. I was like, oh, maybe I should kind of more read into this more. Um, yeah, love love the series. Um, love the characters. It's great. Yeah, that was the that was the first thing that got me into the games. Was yeah. I had read I had read some of the books, mm-hmm. and then they announced that they were making the they were making a game, and I was like, oh, okay, oh, that's cool. I'm definitely gonna play this. And they just kind of continued, and it was super successful. And then they announced the the TV show, yeah. like at last year's Comic Con, um, and I was like, oh, I can't wait. And then they showed the teaser posters and stuff, and I was like, I cannot wait for this. <laughs> like, please. So, but I know, uh, Josh, you don't know a lot about Witcher, so. Correct. So, um, I've never read the books, I've never played the games, and I haven't seen the show yet. <laughs> but um, I watched a video on YouTube, with, you know, not the best way to get knowledge, but, you know, it does do a pretty good job. Um, 
which pretty much explained the basic lore of what a witcher is and like how a witcher becomes a witcher um from kind of like how they can be chosen at birth and they take like the potions and stuff that kind of change their um biology a little bit and their physiology and then they kind of just hunt monsters and can be hired and such am i wrong at all in any of that no no no. you you've got a pretty good yeah so that's that's one of the big things about like these kind of worlds the witcher the elder scrolls series lord of the rings the hobbit and stuff that i like and it's where the nickname came from lore master i i love delving into the stories and the backstories and the mythology in all universes but no yeah that's um it's basically you're you're almost exactly right it's the video you watched i it's that's, i mean that's good you didn't know much about it and You've talked about your interest in it because of us talking about it on the show. Um, so that was, I mean, that being the the best you can do is definitely more than we could ask, especially since you just hadn't known about it beforehand. But the video sounds cool. like it taught so, you a good amount. So yeah, so um, I'm hoping in this conversation we have here between the three of us about The Witcher that I can play the role of maybe an audience member who is interested in The Witcher series, um, whether it be the books, the video game, the TV show, or all three or two of them. And I can maybe ask some questions that maybe audience members would have. So the first question I want to ask before we get into this conversation and let you guys talk about it is, where should I start as someone who hasn't done any of it? Should I start with the series, the book series, the video games, and if the video games, which one? Or should I start with the TV show? Um, w- ooh, that's that's a difficult question. Um, with the new kind of with the new release of the TV show, I would say start there. Um, It gives you a pretty good look into a lot of the ideas and stories in the Witcher series. Um, And uh, what a lot of people don't realize, and they announced this a couple weeks ago, and it kind of cleared up a lot of confusion, is the Witcher stories actually take place at three different timelines. So one story is a little bit older, one story is what's happening currently, and the one story is slightly behind. So, um, and that's kind of how the, that's how the books are written as well it it obviously centers on Geralt um he's the witcher that they're referring to um but it kind of gives you these side stories and tells you about things that are going on in this giant world that's been built um so I would because of the tv show's release I'd probably say there it gives you a quick kind of glimpse they're they're hour-long episodes there's so it it's probably a good start um especially to be like do I find this interesting enough to read a book series on? It's the easiest um, place cool. to start. Yeah. Out of, out of the three, yeah. Okay, cool. I'll probably check out the show first then. Um, now I'll kind of take a backseat to this conversation as you two discuss the game and the TV show. And I might interject any questions that I might have or think the audience might have. So, so um, Les, you said Witcher 3 was your first yeah. Um, step into the witch universe yeah. um so you liked it though you oh it was... I, I loved it yeah it was awesome okay <laughs> yeah you said you put it at your top four for the decade yeah um yeah it's a great game um you it's the, the game's talk it takes place in kind of late in Geralt's life he's yeah. he's getting up there in age which witchers they they age slower than normal humans um and it's it's almost it's almost exactly like not ex- I shouldn't say it's almost exactly like because I'll upset people. Um, it's like Skyrim. You, mm-hmm. it has an overarching story, and but you get lost in the side quest. You get lost exploring oh, yeah. the open world and creating re- relationships with people and friendships and 
Like just finding out that there's a sword somewhere out there that's super strong, and you're like, all right, well, I'm going to go do that for 12 hours. I put <laughs> I put off the story for, like, the longest time, because I was just stuck doing side quests, and Honestly, I just had that, fun doing that, you know? That's that's the best way to do yeah. it, personally. I mean, I, when I first played any of them, that was yeah. the main thing I did, is I got far enough into the story where it was like, all right, have fun, do whatever you want, and I started yeah. kind of just going through the side quests. and, um, But no, I mean, yeah, they... They did a really good job, and it's one of those games that you can look at, and it's gotten better over time as they've released the new ones. And uh, I really just hope they continue with the games and they continue with the show. Um, are we, but question: Are are mm-hmm. we are we allowed to talk about because there are multiple endings? Are we are we are we allowed to spoil things? <laughs> Josh, um, I don't know. <laughs> um, I don't mind the spoilers. But what I'll say is, for the audience that's listening, if you don't want spoilers, go ahead and skip to 31 minutes, 41 seconds. And right there, I'll put the timestamp of whatever it is when I'm editing. Okay. okay. I'm just, so they know what second to skip to. Because I'm curious, because I'm still kind of like in the process of kind of getting familiarized with this whole universe and stuff like that. Um, obviously, there's multiple endings to Witcher 3. Um does it um like if the game well i know like the the games and books are kind of different and all that stuff but like mm-hmm. does um do, do they end kind of like or like do, does it end with siri kind of take because that's like the the real ending right of the games or of uh siri kind of taking on the role yeah as like the main um yeah it ends similarly yeah um but the thing is wait wait the, the book kind of talks about those things. Like, it talks about okay. um, the story. Because what happens is... So, the books don't mm-hmm. actually follow the game. Okay. Um, the games are based on the ideas and the thoughts and the story and the characters that has been created in the books. Um, and they just kind of expand on it. They give you this kind of more open world. Your chance to explore the universe of The Witcher. Got it. Um, compared to the books that give you this linear story that even though there's separate kind of side stories that they bring in, it's all kind of one story being told overall. Whereas like, yeah. Could you imagine playing, reading the Witcher book? Mm-hmm. It would be like a, um, it would be like a, what's it? What are they called? The, um, like the text games where it's like, would you like to go left down the staircase or oh, the choose oh, your right. adventure? Like yeah, 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 choose your... yeah. It would almost be like that in a book if they if they based it so much more on like similar I to the see. game. But no, yeah, they um they just kind of took the universe that was created in the books and just expanded on it, made it a little bit more. So oh, got it. But they do take a lot of elements and a lot of discussions from the books, ideas and thoughts and um I don't remember exactly, but I think there is a chapter in one of the books where um, it talks about what would happen if if Geralt kind of stepped away from his duties as being like the big one and let others do it. So, I but see. for sure. But so, and then uh, we could talk about the TV show as well. Um, the, the that's com- probably the combat in the show is so cool. <laughs> oh, it's it's great. Like, like, and- like that first, uh, or when he's fighting uh, Renfrey. In that first episode, oh mm-hmm. man, so cool! <laughs> yeah, they they started that show off, yeah, incredibly well with that fight scene. Oh yeah, um, having that in the first episode, people were like, "Okay, I know yeah. how this story's gonna go." <laughs> um, and Should we have the people that left for spoilers come back now. Uh, or should they keep waiting? No, they can. I don't. I don't think we're. Yeah, I think I'm not gonna. Yeah, I'm, I'm not gonna go into detail about the end of the show. 
Okay, well, welcome back for those who skipped ahead. Um, but yeah, no, the, the combat that they did uh, was great. Uh, they did a great job choreographing it. Um, and the effects that they used for some of the stuff oh, yeah. was great. And and I loved, I loved reading about um, the thing where they actually cut down Geralt's lines. Like, they removed lines oh, from the show because um, the director and the cinematographers were talking about how well uh, Henry would could portray Geralt's thoughts just with his face, right? That's and, cool. like, cool. one of the big things about the books is and the games is he actually does talk a lot. Like, Geralt, Gar- Geralt will talk. Um, and they kind of added that whole, like, hmm, huh, like, the grunting that he does to kind of convey emotion as well. But... Yeah, so I read an article where they took away some of the lines and kind of just allowed Henry to just do what he wanted with his emotions and allow use his face to portray how Geralt was thinking and feeling. So I thought That's that was cool. pretty cool. Yeah, because Henry Cavill is a huge um, pop culture fan mm. when it comes to many different things. Like, there's the whole story of he almost missed the role to play um, Superman and Man of Steel because he missed Zack Snyder's phone call because he was busy playing World of Warcraft. <laughs> I've, I've heard about that. And I... So, I saw the video recently, I don't know why it came back up, about his visit to uh, Comic-Con to visit um, the Suicide Squad cast. I don't know if you've seen oh, that video. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Where he like wore the 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 anonymous mask. Yeah, the V for Vendetta. And took pictures of people. Yeah. Um, he is like really into this stuff, so it's really cool to see him take on, well, of course, the role of Superman and then the role of um, Geralt here because he obviously cares about the lore of these types of things. So fun fact, yeah. um, little plug: if you guys are interested in the um, uh, in the Witcher and you and you watch the show and everything, there's this uh, a podcast called Behind the Scenes. It's like the Netflix. It's like a Netflix podcast where like uh, first um, few episodes were about Stranger Things, but they're talking about the Witcher now, where it's kind of like um, they're going through like each of the characters and sharing like um, things that have happened like, kind of behind the scenes. It's kind of really fascinating the things they talk about. They were saying how. Um, uh henry like he he played the the games and then he found out they were making the show and then he went and read all the books before his audition or something and then he came and then, yeah it was just it was really fascinating but definitely check that out if if you're interested that's cool yeah, yeah I, I love how into this stuff he gets yeah. like i don't know if you know this but he named his dog cal <laughs> yeah I, cool. I did see about that yeah so yeah he it almost it almost reminds me a lot of like tom holland as well with spider-man mm-hmm. yeah uh, when you hear yeah. when you hear about like how when tom holland was growing up that was like the one thing he was like i want to be spider-man and he had this love for <laughs> spider-man and stuff so it's cool it's cool honestly to see people in um movie business and tv show business uh that love the universes yeah. that they actually get the chance to be in that and, and it's great to see the ones who do it beforehand, who have a love for it beforehand, but it's also great to see the ones who kind of adopt a love as they get into the universe, as they continue to go through. Like, um, like uh, I know Zachary Levi talked about when he did Shazam, mm-hmm. he knew, obviously, the stuff about, like, Superman and Batman and things like that, but when he got, when he auditioned for Shazam, he was playing the characters and he started reading the Shazam comics and going through and kind of getting more into the character in the story. And he was like, I love this character. He's so cool. So much fun. Yeah. And so I think that's really cool as well. Definitely. But yeah. So, so the, the Witcher as a game and as a TV show is kind of a great representation of the things I like. Like I said, I'm a huge fantasy fan. And then it offers this huge open world and universe that I can delve into lore and understand the stories of the Witchers and how they come to be and 
the monsters and what created them and why they're there. Some of them are um, like genetic mutations and some of them are born the way they are because you have your stereotypical monsters in the games and stuff. You have vampires and you have trolls and things like that. So it's a really great like game. If you're not a huge gamer, obviously the show's really cool. If you like books, reading the books is always super fun. Um, so it's definitely something I would recommend for people who like fantasy worlds and RPGs and open world. Cool. So if you like things like Elder Scrolls or Dungeons and Dragons, you'll probably like this. Would that be fair to say? Yeah, for sure. Um, and even if you're if you're a huge fan of like the Lord of the Rings and stuff like that as as movies and stuff, the TV show itself is a great watch personally. Um, cool. But yeah. So you guys said TV show is a good place to start. Another question the audience might have if they've never done anything with Witcher, and I definitely have. After I watch a TV show, um, I guess maybe book or video game, but either way, when I jump into the video game, which of the three games should I start with, or does it not matter? Um, I mean, I started with three, and I still loved it, but I don't know if Bradley has a different <laughs> opinion. Well, it three, yeah, three is a great game. Three is probably my favorite of all of them. Um, but obviously, the the first they do kind of follow a story. Uh, they reference moments throughout the games where like three they kind of talk about things that happened in two and two they kind of talk about things that happened in one there's flashbacks in three that show you events that would have taken place during one um so it all depends if you're not really too picky about the linear story that they create because they kind of also like three has its own overarching main story that like it's important but you don't really need to know about the previous games and two is the same thing that one kind of picks up at the very beginning and the main story kind of follows the events of that game. So yeah, if you're not too picky about like knowing all of the kind of references and things going on, you can easily start at three um, as a personal favorite of mine. Um, or yeah, if you just want to kind of go in order, start at one, go through two, go to three. Cool. All right. Well, I don't have any more questions as someone who is not um, yet into the series. If you do have any questions... Um, that I didn't ask audience members, you could feel free to ask Bradley or Lesh via Twitter and stick around to the end to get our Twitter handles. Yeah, I'm always available for, for questions. So. I'm just there for Tris Marigold, to be honest with you. <laughs> no, yeah, you can always ask me questions. We'll Wink. talk about that more later. I'm just joking. No, which is awesome. <laughs> cool. Well, anything else about The Witcher? Or are you ready to move on to the next topic? Uh, no, we can definitely move on. Like we said, somebody can, if they need to talk to me about it, they can always ask me on Twitter or any other social media. Cool. All right, so Batman. All right, so I actually um, reread the, I As I was reading through this, I noticed that I had read parts of it. Mm -hmm. um, so some of it was familiar, but I reread through the whole thing actually today. Um, I read half of it before church this morning, came home and read the other half. So it's still fresh in my mind. <laughs> and um, I got to say, I enjoyed it a lot. And it tied in really well to Hush, which uh, is another one of my favorite Batman stories. And um, that's all I'm going to say before we give a spoiler warning. Do you guys have anything you want to say before we do a spoiler warning for this? Um, I love Batman. Let's talk about Batman. Yeah, so so I'll kind of I'll, I'll agree with you. Uh, it definitely, the story of Hush definitely kind of sets up the story that plays out in Under the Red Hood. Uh, it's kind of a good way to summarize it. Um, if, if you want to read Hush, it will kind of play into Red Under the Red Hood. So, so Batman Under the Red Hood, right? 
it's uh like we said it takes place kind of the story uh hush kind of builds up gives you hints to what might happen if you read that story um but a new kind of villain threat shows up in gotham city he uh takes it upon himself to kind of take out the crime bosses of gotham um but also kind of take over the crimes as well he starts buying weapons from the arms dealers and things like that to get them off the streets um and it's kind of a shocker for batman to go through but i'm gonna let you guys give your opinions on stuff before we get into who he is so i really like the whole like dynamic between black mask and red hood Mm -hmm. and the whole um even like the humor in it is very it's not in your face humor it's very situational humor and it's it actually like made me laugh a few times just like the way that like black mask interacts with people and like his reaction to things is very um very much like a mob boss i think would actually act and one with a lot of power and i just think you know black mask is a really cool character because he doesn't really have like any powers but he's still not like a normal human because of his you know um injuries on his face and such it's cool to see him interact with other people i think it was cool bringing in all like the cameos from other um characters such as uh, mr freeze and also um deathstroke and even onyx and nightwing and um hyena and um captain nazi of all people <laughs> yeah yeah no, they, they did... <laughs> and vertigo yeah yeah count vertigo that was cool yeah. Yeah, they did a great job. Uh, Black Mask, like you said, he's a great character. He's really interesting. Um, if you're if you're a big fan of Batman, that's another comic book I would recommend reading. Is find out more about Black Mask. Look at the comic books that focus on him as the as the villain. Um, but yeah, they did a great job with cameos, kind of bringing on all these different characters that you know from the past that have had influence and had had crossings and moments with um the characters later in the comic so i thought that was really cool they did a great job it it like i said it's one of my favorite comics of all time um he's one of my favorite anti-heroes so uh it's awesome to see him come into the universe in kind of a proper cool way yeah Yeah. definitely and another thing i thought was really cool was the whole like narrative slash literary aspect of it where like the one huge part of the narrative was that black mask had a good control over gotham city crime and then the red hood came in and started to kind of annoy black mask and take over Mm -hmm. and that's the whole narrative narrative aspect but the literary aspect it felt like black mask was supposed to be the main villain and then red hood kind of took over Mm -hmm. as the quote main villain even though he's not really a villain but as the main villain i like that parallel between the literary how it was written side and the actual story of what's going on side they're both kind of the same thing it's about black mask and then red hood takes over versus black mask is in charge and red hood kind of takes over yeah yeah that, it's it's definitely a great literary piece because it creates a um almost like a false narration right yes you, you, you get black mask and you see him and you're like oh that's the villain he's the main he's the main bad guy in the story and then you actually have the main antagonist which is red hood yeah, yeah, and and he comes in, and you're like, wait, who's that guy? Like, cause cause he is not he's not a villain. Uh, he's technically by all comic book arcs, he's probably considered an anti-hero more than anything. And uh, 
And yeah, and but he's the opposing force to Batman as the protagonist. But at the same time, there's been a lot of interpretations of this comic where people look at Red Hood as the protagonist of the story because of his stances and actually like what he's trying to do. They just say he's not doing it in the right way. Almost like the reviews when it came to uh, Infinity War, right? Mm-hmm. Like people said Infinity yeah. War, Thanos is the protagonist in that story. He just isn't going about it the right way. <laughs> so Yeah, like a flawed hero. Yeah. Um but so Lesh, do you do you have any opinions on this? Because me and Josh have done a decent amount of talking already about it. Yeah, yeah. I guess uh for me it's kinda of like what you mentioned earlier. It's kind of just like I like the idea of like Red Hood being trade uh being portrayed as kind of like a darker Robin. Um I think that kind of just whole idea just makes it interesting, I think, for the readers, but also for Batman as well, and kind of just seeing the dynamic between the two characters. Um Yeah. One thing I really like about this story um, is I like when books and entertainment in general provide a debate without taking a side. Mm-hmm. I, like I hate when um, entertainment tries to like push an agenda and provides a debate and then wants you to take a certain side um, because it, it feels like they're just trying to shove like their views down your throat. But with stuff like this, or even like if you've ever read Identity Crisis, the whole like purpose of Identity Crisis was if someone is bad and evil, is it wrong to wipe their memory to make them a good person? But it never said whether it was right or whether it was wrong. With this story, we're kind of seeing with Red Hood, is it wrong to kill bad guys to prevent them from hurting more people? But it never says whether it's right or wrong. It leaves it up to the reader to decide. And it gives good evidence for both sides of the argument, but never tries to force you in one way. And I think it's really cool when entertainment, whether it's movie, comic, or book, or whatever, video game, whatever, it provides a debate like that and lets the reader decide. So I think it's really interesting to kind of like have that as like a discussion piece Yeah, to come from something like this. Yeah, for sure. So yeah, I would probably say that's the only thing I have to say about it before a spoiler warning. (laughs) Cool, let's cue the spoiler warning. Warning, warning, spoilers incoming. Minus X minus 10, 9, 8, 7, 6, 5, 4, 3, 2, 1, 0. All right, and we're back. So if you don't want to hear about Batman Under the Red Hood, or you haven't read it, um, you should leave. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we'll... Uh, or don't, we'll def- and get it spoiled for you. That's okay, too. <laughs> yeah. If you're not somebody who's super, like, into comics, I don't know if... you pro- Some people might know, like, right? Some people who don't all, like... Some people who are into comics but don't read all of them probably know about who the Red Hood is. Yeah, so. but... Even so, just, like, the whole, like, background story behind it and stuff. Spoiler alert, Batman's in this. <laughs> yeah, for sure. So, so yeah, if if you don't want it spoiled, we did give you the spoiler warning. But uh, if you don't want to listen to us talk about the spoilers, just go ahead and skip to... One hour, two minutes, 50 seconds. All right, so that's all they get. <laughs> we'll put it in a timer. <laughs> And, okay, so we'll go into this. Uh, so the main thing, what well, most people, if you do know the comics, um, probably know, is that the Red Hood is my personal favorite Robin. 
I, I do like him a lot. It's Jason Todd. Um, and some people who might not know and don't really care about spoilers are probably like, wait, what? Doesn't Isn't he the one who died? What happened? And and if you know the, the death in the family story, Jason Todd famously is the Robin who is uh, murdered by Joker. Um, and after some time passes, he's resurrected in the Lazarus pits. Um, and he comes back under the the Red Hood um, alias. And his, his dynamic is kind of moved away from what Batman has taught him, um, right? Like, Jason Todd's always kind of the, was kind of always the rebel Robin. Um, well, Batman found him by him stealing a wheel <laughs> off the bat. Yeah, yeah, so. for sure. And uh, the reason he gets captured by Joker is because he kind of goes against Batman's wishes and pursues a, a lead he has on his mother. Um, and so, yeah, he comes back and he's kind of abandoned the teachings of Batman. He doesn't really like the whole don't kill rule anymore um because he thinks it's the reason batman's failed so many times um and that's kind of the that's the position he's taken right is like you're not strong enough to do it i'll do it myself i'll make this this city a better place by doing what you're too weak to do um and it's it's a it's a great narration right because that's kind of the internal battle that batman has consistently after the death in the family series is sometimes is his decision to not kill certain people the best idea um and he kind of battles with it for a couple of issues after the death in the family especially when it comes to joker um because he wants revenge on somebody he, he actually does care about right that, that's the the crazy thing about batman not super friendly not super caring but the robins are always people he's kind of taken in and cared about um so yeah so it kind of brings in that new spin and a lot of the story takes kind of this it's narration on an internal battle with batman and how he feels and um red hood's like idea of that it's actually a weakness rather than a strength so uh it's a great story it's something i love uh i, I read it all like all the time uh, i probably read it once every six months or so just because i like to go back into my comic collection and read certain ones um yeah it's definitely um one that has stood the test of time and will continue to do so yeah for sure and and there are a lot of comics out there that feel dated and this is definitely not one of them yeah it's it's yeah it's definitely one of those good ones um and then they have the animated um movie as well oh yeah yeah so we can kind of if you don't feel like reading the comic you can watch the animated movie by the way <laughs> um, and... don't read watch so i'm just kidding <laughs> So. You gotta watch the comic or read the movie. Yeah, put subtitles yeah. on and you're reading. <laughs> yeah, um, but yeah, it's a, uh, it's a. I know it's a fan favorite as well. It's one of the most popular comics that's ever been written in kind of the new age. And uh, he's a great character. He got a lot of he he got some notoriety from the animated movie. Um, but I know a lot of people started asking me questions about who he was and where he's from when they released Injustice 2 and he was a DLC character. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah. People people were like, hey, who's that guy? <laughs> and so I kind of told them about it, but I didn't want to tell them too much. So I told them either watch the show or read the comic. And and a lot of people like him. Uh, a lot of people kind of thought he was really interesting. Um, 
So yeah, that's just kind of my personal opinion on the character and the book. Out of curiosity, what's your uh, um, opinion on Jason Todd and uh, Arkham Knight? Um, I thought it was an interesting kind of twist to the character because mm-hmm. he's not exactly like the Jason Todd that's been established in yeah the comics. Um, did, I mean, like, but, did you like that it was Jason Todd, or like, did you kind of not care, or? Wait, Arkham Knight is Jason Todd? <laughs> I'm joking. Uh, Everybody knows that. <laughs> I, I, I don't know. Honestly, it's a weird. I like, I like seeing Jason Todd. He's mm-hmm. like I said, he's my, he's my favorite Robin. Yeah. So I like seeing him, and I like seeing the different stories he's kind of created in and shown in. But to kind of create the arc, the Arkham Knight mm-hmm. character, and. I feel like they could have done something different. Mm-hmm. Like, bring in... If you want Jason Todd and you want that kind of conflict of character, bring in Red Hood. Right, you could have just made him Red Hood, yeah. Like, bring in that Red Hood aspect and have him kind of as a side story. Um, just like... I always forget this Batman character's name and it always bothers me. Is it uh, Azrael? Yeah, yeah, yeah okay. Azrael. So, kind of like that, right? Azrael was kind of a character that was constantly there. Yeah, but... As a side story, he would pop up occasionally and have these conversations with Batman. And you could do stuff like that with Red Hood. You could have that conflict. And then you could have the Arkham Knight as somebody else, right? Like, have these characters that have shown up in the comics that never really get a secondary story and give it to them. Because then you can also create a whole new series of issues on that secondary story as well instead of just the game. Um, But yeah, I mean, I love seeing Jason Todd as a character... Um, but I think they could have done it differently. Like you didn't necessarily need to be like, haha, he's the Arkham Knight. It's like, well, he's also the Red Hood. Mm-hmm. <laughs> oh yeah. Like, like what if the Arkham Knight was somebody like Stephanie Brown? Spoiler. <laughs> That'd be oh, interesting. That would be interesting. <laughs> um, but like, there's like, there's so many different things you could do. Um, like if you really wanted to, you could kind of make him like a weird like a grown version of Damian Wayne. Or what oh, yeah. if it was Lucius Fox? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right. He's because like, he has he all so, the, you know, he has the, he's the one who provides all that technology. Yeah, he got so tired of just honestly, giving away the technology that, that he was like, I'm going to do it myself. That, that, <laughs> yeah, honestly, that would have been really funny. I have to I'd have, admit. I'd have been or, okay with it. No, or what's I, his son's name that becomes Darkwing? Oh, I forget his son's no, name. Darkwing like, Duck? <laughs> no, no. Darkwing Duck. <laughs> <laughs> but that would be really interesting to like ha- introduce him in that way as Arkham Knight. Like, oh, my my dad's been providing you all this information and all this technology, and now I want to do it myself, but I don't want to become a member of the Bat family. Yeah, like he for sure. actually does. That'd be really interesting. And then and then they could have built off of that as well. Actually, I completely agree with that. They could have. And then he could have like re- reached out to Red Hood and worked with Red Hood without knowing that he was Jason Todd. Yeah, and then but what they could have done is with the um. If they ever created a, like another one, they could have kind of instead of having him as Arkham Knight, they could have brought in Darkwing, right? Like, yeah. and have him as one of those side characters that you see who helps out sometimes, and even make him like a playable character. Because if you remember in um, was it uh, Arkham City that they actually had multiple playable characters yeah. at one point? You could play as like Nightwing and Catwoman. Um, if you yeah yeah, and you could play as Catwoman, and if you download it, if you bought like a special version of it. They were pre-ordered a special version of it. You got Robin. Um, mm. And, like, they could have done something like that with, like, the new game. And I think that would have been really cool. Um, because, you, yeah, you can introduce Darkwing as as the Arkham Knight, right? Like, maybe he's still looking for his 
alias for his story for his character and and he starts with arkham knight and then becomes darkwing in the future and that would be part of the new game that'd be cool yeah so they could have definitely done that um so yeah so i love i like jason todd i kind of wish he didn't he didn't turn out to be arkham knight and he would have just been kind of like a red hood cameo that you see um yeah so well we're on the topic of jason todd a quick poll real quick so, Bradley, you said Jason Todd is your favorite Robin. Yes. Um, Lesh, who's your favorite Robin? Gotta go Dick Grayson. That's funny, because mine is Tim Drake. Oh, so we perfect. Had, um, the three big ones so right here. we all had three different ones. <laughs> That's awesome. <laughs> That's awesome. <laughs> Alright, I, I just wanted to put that out there for the audience. I was curious. Now we just need an audience member to be like, I like Damian Wayne! <laughs> um and uh for the audience members who don't know who damian wayne is if you've played injustice 2 he is the robin in that game he is is, he's the current robin in the comics as well isn't he i honestly i don't know with rebirth who's the robin currently if it's if tim drake is currently red robin or if he's robin or if damian is also robin okay i don't know well wait there's a super sons comic so yeah i think damian is robin okay and jonathan kent is you know superboy yeah, because I remember I, one of the comic books I picked up a couple, maybe last year, he was, he was, it was Damian Wayne Robin, but I don't know if it was in the linear current Batman series that's going out, oh, yeah, so yeah. can't be entirely sure. There's this really good series. Um, I read it online several years ago, like I think while I was in high school or early college, and it's called Batman and Robin Eternal. Mm-hmm. And it is fantastic. Um, if you want to kind of like see the whole Bat family, definitely check out this comic because it's at the time where um, Tim Drake is Red Robin and Damien is starting to be introduced. So the Bat family is well established, but it like dives deep into the background for each character and you get to see like the origin of Spoiler. You get to see the origin of Red Robin, the origin of Nightwing, the origin of Red Hood, the origin of Batman and the origin of Darkwing and all these different characters and how all their paths intersect. So Batman and Robin Eternal, if you've never read it and you want to get a good glimpse into the Bat family, it's definitely worth reading. It's like 50-something issues, but it'll take you a while, but it's worth it. Um, yeah, for sure. I, I I know the series you're talking about. It's definitely a great it's a great read to kind of just look at all these different characters of the Bat family. Um, it gives you great insight on who they are um, and where their characters kind of come from and how they became the certain characters they are. Kind of, It's almost like they almost take it as like certain moments in important moments and key issues of the Batman series and kind of staple them all together to tell yeah, you yeah. about who these characters are. Um, but yeah, for sure. I've read it as well. It's a great, it's a great series. It's a great story. If you, if you have the time or you're a huge Batman fan, I definitely, as like Josh said, I recommend reading it as well. Cool. Um, oh yeah, I can't really get into <laughs> much of like the characters I like when it comes to comic books. I would take, ages so so red hood is probably a good interpretation i'm a huge anti-hero fan i should specify which is probably why um i love batman under the red hood so much uh i like john constantine uh, oh yeah he's cool there's some like i don't know i like the idea of these characters who may not be the best moral people they might not have the best uh morals uh, but they are effective and they're funny and they're harsh but they're good at their job so 
But what I like about them is they don't conform to the norm, but they do have, like, their own moral code. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like, a, a big part of, part of this was, like, um, Red Hood was like, yeah, you guys can sell your drugs, but not to kids. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And that was like, oh, yeah, like, he, he has his... He talks about, you know, oh, Batman has his morals, but Red Hood has his morals, too. It's just that they're different morals, and they're not the norm. Yeah. So. Yeah, the Red Hood's kind of situation is that, like, he he protects the innocent, but he has no boundary on the, the guilty. Yeah. yeah. He's very, um, the, the way I see it, he seems very libertarian to me. Where he's just kind of like the idea of, you know, like the only acceptable use of violence is in defense of self or defense of life, liberty or property. And if life, liberty or property is in danger, he has no issue using violence. Yeah. But if none of that is in danger, he's like, well, not my problem. I'm not going to touch it. You do what you want as long as you're not bothering me or any anybody else. Yeah. The, the, the other his one of his major character and like personality weaknesses is that he's and it, it, you can see it in Jason Todd when he is Robin as well as he's incredibly tempered. Um, yes. And even if somebody's not doing something wrong, but if they like challenge him in a way, he like, he hates it. <laughs> and yeah. And, um, and he has to prove that he's right. Yeah. He's almost, so he's almost like a Sith, right? Like the famous line in, in revenge of the Sith is that only Siths deal in absolutes. Uh, mm, yeah. Red hood is much like that. He's like, he's like, all right, innocent kid, innocent woman, never done anything wrong. Guy, stole an apple once <laughs> i'm gonna kill him like, <laughs> gotta die <laughs> like yeah he's he's yeah he's very harsh when it comes to dealing out justice but it's it's kind of that um it's the story of the lazarus uh, lazarus pit it mm-hmm. it makes your worst characteristics like whole like it yeah. makes them horrible and then it makes your best characteristics like great as well right it's um it's also like the super soldier serum for captain america he comes out and he's very compassionate and caring towards people who deserve it um but he doesn't show it because his hate and his anger and his his look for vengeance is kind of consuming him in the beginning um and that's the main thing he wants to kind of get rid of all the bad guys and he wants that shot at joker um to do what batman could never do so so yeah so if you're a big comic book fan or you're always or even if you're not a huge comic book fan but you're trying to get into it Batman Hush and Batman Under the Red Hood are two great recommendations that I would give. Yes, and definitely if you want to read both, do read it in that order. Order does matter for these. Yes, for mm-hmm. sure. Because um, like we said, the story of Hush and some of the hints that it drops in conversations that happen uh, lead into the story of Under the Red Hood. So, Which then back references Hush. Yep. Cool. Um, any final comments on Batman Under the Red Hood? No, I think I said enough for <laughs> the story. <laughs> cool. All right. So for those of you who skipped for spoilers of Batman Under the Red Hood, welcome back. And Bradley, you want to tell them what we're going to talk about next? Um, so the next thing we're going to talk about is uh, the recent release movie, 1917, um, nominated for a bunch of Oscar awards. Uh, and um, we're going to kind of do our personal opinions on it and our reviews on it. Uh, it's another thing. It's kind of counterproductive it's kind of a counter and contrast to some of the things i like it's a war movie i'm a big fan of war movies um and then i'm also a huge fan of history so when i saw the trailer for this movie i was super excited about it when they announced it i was like this is gonna be awesome i can't wait to watch it and when you guys were talking about movies and video games and stuff to talk about and review 
1917 was an easy choice. Cool. All right, time to time um, travel. Seatbelts, everyone. <laughs> <laughs> All right. One behind 21 gigawatts. We're in World War One, guys. We made it. All right, so I have one thing. The first thing I want to say about this film. I saw this, what, one day or two days after? We both saw it the second day it was out. We both saw it that Saturday. I saw it the Friday. Okay, so you saw it the day it came out. Yeah. Okay, so you saw it the day it came out, and then Josh, me, and you went Saturday the day after. So Okay. Um, Not together. We just happened to yeah, both yeah. go the same day. You guys saw it together? That's how, so cool. How long after our um, decade in review was this? Um, what did we do decade in review? That was the weekend, right? The week, Yeah, the week, so maybe the week after? Week before? Or, yeah, so it was one week later, right? Yeah, because yeah, we did. Does that make sense? So we did the decade in review the weekend of New Year's, right? Like after New Year's? Yeah, and then we did 1917 the week And then, the and then 1917 came out on the 10th. Yeah, yeah. So. Yeah, so it was one week later. This is, um, I think it sums up my thoughts on this movie. To just say this, um, I sent a text to the group chat. Yeah. I'm going to see 1917 tonight. So yeah, I'm down to review it in a future episode. And then a few hours later, I sent another text. <laughs> I wish we had waited a week to do our top 10 films. <laughs> and then I responded. Where's my response? Dude, lol, same. We'll talk about it yeah, soon. Yeah, there That's we what go. That's what I said. Yeah, the, so, the funny thing is if you look up its initial release date, it was December 25th, yeah. 2019. Yeah, so it could have been <laughs> in my top 10, yeah. for sure. Would, you, um, would we have counted that, though? Because like, we couldn't have seen it. Yeah, I don't know. That's a good question. We, uh, if we would have waited, it could have definitely fit the criteria of yeah movies movies released in the past decade well, we might True. not have seen it in the last decade so like at, at the end of, at the end of this year if we're ranking like our top movies it, can we not pick 1917 um i mean i if if we go if we go into do like a movie review and we've seen a bunch of the new movies and 1917 is still your favorite movie of the year i i it, it deserves to be mentioned i, I mean yeah, case, I yeah. because okay. because because we're not counting it in the decade in review, kind of at the fact that it didn't release to all audiences until mm-hmm. the tenth, I would say, rightfully so, you could definitely say it's your favorite movie this year. Because that'd be kind of sad if this movie was just like lost in time. Because yeah. you know, I'd be like, oh, that kind of sucks. <laughs> Can't take it for anything. <laughs> no, yeah, because if it's be, technically its its premiere was December twenty fifth, so that it could qualify for award yeah. season. That's the reason they did it was so that it could qualify for the award season coming up, um, but no, because it's because its global release, its its primary release in theaters was uh, January tenth. I would definitely consider it one of the movies of this year. So, I loved it. Oh yeah, me too. Yeah, I mean, in the in I the simplest of terms, amazing. <laughs> I thought the way they did it, the um kind of, the, I mean, it wasn't one take, but like the one shot. It was style, style of yeah. it was oh so cool. Like I, I yeah, saw, that, yeah. um, I saw uh, Bad Boys for Life uh, this past weekend, and <laughs> and all the editing, I I couldn't help but notice it because I was like, oh my yeah. gosh, it's cutting so much. And I was like, oh, <laughs> it was so, but it was just so the, smooth. Yeah, the, <laughs> the illusion of it being one take, yeah, um, or two takes if you count that blackout in the middle of the yeah. scene, the movie, um, made it so much more immersive. Oh yeah. 
this movie wow it was fantastic like i did not expect this um when it comes to i I really like history a lot but when it comes to war movies you know i i could take it or leave it they're not something i seek out just because like the the topic isn't super interesting to me but i've seen like a few that are good but wow i didn't know what to expect with this film and i came out feeling it it was a heavy film i'll say that it was heavy yeah for sure and um I was very happy that I went to go see it. Yeah, how I look at it is uh I like I like war movies, but I like historical war movies, like ones that are based on true events and things like that. Um yes. so like this movie, um Hacksaw Ridge, uh even like I said 13 Hours of Benghazi was on my top 10 movies of Dunkirk. the decade. Um Dunkirk, they're great. those movies, they're those movies are the ones that I see trailers for and I'm like I'm going to go see this. Mm-hmm. Um but if it's one of those ones that's like it's just kind of a fun World War 2 movie like uh like I like Inglorious Bastards, right? I like that movie, but that wasn't one that I was like I'm going to go see that immediately <laughs> when I saw it. Um and the only movie I would say definitely that when I first saw the trailer that kind of fits that description of like war fantasy was overlord when they released the trailer for overlord i was like i'm gonna go see that that looks really cool um but no yeah i it was a great movie uh like like Lesh said I, I loved it it's that's probably the simplest like words you could use to describe it so i loved it um and i watched today actually when i had free time i watched the video people they released a video about how they made it look like oh yeah i saw that video um and that was that's crazy like how how artistic and expertly done this movie was is like it's jaw dropping like when you when you see trailers for movies and you see those those quotes right like outstanding amazing I- inspiring like um you're like eh, are people just saying that but honestly like going to watch this movie like that's those were the thoughts in my head watching it, it was this movie's amazing yeah. it's outstanding i hope it gets the attention it deserves yeah because... for sure believe that and, and there are beautiful parts too like that whole scene where he's running mm-hmm. through that like flaming city oh yeah and um like being shot at and the, the music is just really loud there and it's just like overwhelming i felt overwhelmed i love the like he was it was so immersive i love the part where he um like he finally gets to um kind of the front lines and then he has to run through like oh yeah yeah through, and like all like the the cannons or something are coming down on him uh, all the explosions yeah. and stuff. I'm like, oh, that's so cool. <laughs> yeah, one of talking about the music and stuff. One of my favorite things about it was their kind of subtle use of music. Because mm-hmm. yes. a lot of the movie, they just allowed for the natural sounds yeah. of the environment. And there's those moments when they're kind of sneaking through the trenches, mm-hmm. um, and it's just silent. Like, mm-hmm. yes. there's no sound. You're like, oh, like because it built. You start to like your skin starts to crawl. You get super anxious. You get the goosebumps because you're like what's happening what's going to happen what's going to happen it's uh, almost like what they do with a quiet place there's those moments in a quiet place where all of the sound is just taken out yeah and you start to feel yourself rise up because you're like okay and so it's um it's that technique that sometimes the buildup of a scene is in the silence of the scene and they they did so much good with this movie i mean the consistent look trying to make it look like one take the use of subtle music and bringing it up at the right moments and just kind of allowing for the natural sounds of war. Um, they, it was great. It definitely deserves a lot of attention. Um, so, yeah. Might be a silly thing to talk about, but I also kind of loved uh, 
kind of the length of it. Like I, I feel like movies, especially now, tend to go on uh, kind of long. But I feel like kind of the pacing with this movie was just it was per- like I think it came out to just exactly two hours or something. Like I was out of the theater by like nine. Oh, like I saw a seven p.m. showing. I think I was out by like nine. It was like it was perfect. Yeah, like some like films maybe with trailers. either cut it too short and need to be longer, yeah. and some films wait go way too long when they should be yeah. shorter. Um, and this was like that perfect like it didn't need to be longer, it yeah. didn't need to be shorter. It was exactly it was how it needed to yeah. be. Yeah, and especially for it feeling like it was one cut, mm-hmm. it would have been exhausting yeah. for it to be too exactly. much longer. I think, yeah, it, yeah. which is good because at the end of it, the main character was exhausting. Mm-hmm. And I felt kind of a little exhausted too. So the immersive part, you know, it worked. Yeah, yeah, yeah they did. They did it like the pacing, like you said, was excellent. They they gave it, they made a two hour time, right? But they didn't make it feel like it was more than two hours. But they also didn't make it feel like you were sitting there for five minutes, mm-hmm. right? Like there's those movies that you're like, holy crap, this movie's over already. Um, but then also at the same time, it almost feels like you go through that entire journey with him. Like, like, even though you're sitting there and you're like, wow, that movie really wasn't that long. The whole time you're watching it, you're like, like, wow, this is like, it's already the next day. Like, like stuff like that. So, well, part of it too was it was like the first like hour of the film was like an hour long. Mm -hmm. And then there was the part where he got knocked out and he um, then woke up and it was hours later. And then the next hour of the film was like an hour long in real time. So it was like we were with him minute per minute. There were no like real time skips other than that one. Yeah. Where most movies are usually all over the place time wise. Yeah. Just like the comparison with uh, uh, Bad Boys for Life, right? Like mm-hmm. constantly cutting and skipping yeah. and moving and jumping around. Which, and you're I mean, like, just and you're to, like, what day is it? <laughs> just to be clear, I did like that movie, but it, it was kind of weird going from one movie that's like really immersive and like, you know, just basically just two shots to something that's just a normal movie just cutting everywhere you know but oh no i mean yeah. i agree i, I definitely you, you like can that feel movie. the difference for sure yeah i definitely like bad boys as well yeah. it was that was a good movie mm-hmm. um but yeah like you said like sometimes there's those moments where it cuts and it skips and it moves around and you're like is it the same day in the movie right like what like has it been three days four days what's happened <laughs> like, have we been watching this is this movie a week long like <laughs> but then yeah so so with uh 1917 you can kind of feel the passage of time yeah as you're watching that film um <coughs> but yeah cool all right. all right anything else you guys want to say about this film um i as much as i loved joker um i want this movie to get the recognition it deserves when it comes to the oscars and the awards um because i love joker and i loved its portrayal and i think joaquin phoenix definitely deserves mm-hmm. um lead actor um, but 1917 with, with its nomination for like best picture and cinematography and story and like adaptation and, and all that stuff. I honestly think that like, this is kind of a true like cinema experience. Yes. And, and I think how well it was done and how different it is from like the last couple of years of blockbuster films we've gotten, mm-hmm. uh, kind of speaks volumes for how good it was. Yeah, in my opinion, I'd say that um, Joker deserves best story and best lead actor, and 1917 deserves best cinematography and best picture. Yeah, yeah, I, agree. I can agree with that. Yeah, yeah, Joker was kind of like my my front 
my my favorite personal favorite until 1917 came out and now i'm kind of like oh. <laughs> yeah yeah all right anything else on this film or are we good to move on no we can definitely move on for me yeah let's do okay. it cool so for this activity we're picking our top three most anticipated movies games and shows for the year i have movies and um a game but that's that, that's fine. That's Just, I me. guess whatever we're excited for. It doesn't have to be top three. I okay. Guess. Yeah, we don't really have to. Uh, if we want to do the triangle, we can, or we yeah. can kind of just talk about it really quickly. Yeah. If, if, whatever. I figure each the three of us just list it. Cool. Okay. So Bradley, you want to start? List your three. Um, which category should we start with? Because I have all three categories actually. Um, why don't we just list all of them? Okay. And okay. then we'll talk cool. about them. So my top three games. This is the one less that I thought we might kind of both have um is marvel's avengers all right um and then also probably cyberpunk 2077 and then this is one i don't know if you guys knew it was coming out it's a game called gods and monsters Um, oh yeah oh yeah i heard about that i'm super excited about that it's an open world follows mythology greek mythology monsters and it's an action adventure game it's from ubisoft and i like ubisoft sometimes they don't do great but i'm looking forward to it um my top three TV shows is Star Trek Picard. Supposed to come out this year. I'm looking forward to that a lot. I'm, I'm a huge Star Trek fan. I like, honestly, like, I love all kind of pop culture. So I've just gotten a fascination with everything. So that one's something I'm looking forward to. Um, there's a show called Prodigal Son coming out. Um, it's kind of a, like, detective show. Um, it's supposed to come out. I think it's next week, actually. Um, and then WandaVision is something I'm looking forward to. Um, my top three movies uh, I put Morbius because I'm a huge fan of Morbius I think he's a great character um, he's one of my favorite characters to come out of the Spider-Man like universe um, number two is Godzilla vs. Kong uh, nice. I'm really excited for that I love the King Kong movie um, I really enjoyed the Godzilla movies so far and so, just seeing that, and then my number one is the Eternals. So. Oh, cool, cool. Yeah, for uh, for games, I do have the Avengers. And I do have Cyberpunk, so we do have overlap there. I'm uh, really excited for those two games. Um, TV shows, yeah, I have Wandavision on my list. Um, yeah, really excited for those. Cool. You don't have any movies. So, well, I thought we were just talking about our overlaps, oh, but well, I can go ahead and read my list if you yeah. want. All right, oh, so yeah, for ahead, my for my games, uh, I said Avengers, Cyberpunk, I, kind of a cheat. Um, I actually put the Xbox Series X, which might surprise some people because I'm a PlayStation guy. The reason why I put Xbox is kind of, I'm more kind of curious to, because they're kind of like the underdogs, I feel, going into this generation i think they have more to prove so i feel like this year might be more exciting to see what they're gonna do um not necessarily i'm i'm getting a i'm getting a playstation 5 let's just be clear but i'm just i'm just excited (laughs) to to see kind of what they have up their sleeves um for tv shows competition is good for everybody right exactly yeah, um, or we could use a mini fridge. So yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I don't. I can't fit that anywhere. Um, for my TV shows, I have WandaVision. Um, I have uh, The Boys season two, um, and I put uh, I put Survivor. Uh, Winners at War. It's the uh, new Survivor season that's coming out February. They're bringing twenty of the uh, Survivor winners back because it's like the twentieth anniversary of the show. Really excited for this season because it's like these guys are the the best of the best, you know. So. Curious to know uh, how that's going to go. Uh, for my movies, 
I have uh, Black Widow. Um, I have the Eternals overlap there, and I have Morbius all Marvel. <laughs> cool. Yeah. All right, so I guess that's over to me. Yep. yep. So for video games, I have Halo Infinite. Cool. Um, and twelve minutes looks really interesting. Oh yeah. Still don't know a lot about it. And then I don't know if you count this Kakarot. <laughs> sure. Even it's already out, but it oh, is yeah. of this year, we'll it. and I'm <laughs> enjoying it, and I'm excited to see the rest of the game. And I actually misread this when I first saw the game slash activity, so I had one answer, but I'm just going to throw it out there even though it doesn't fit, because I thought it was um, most anticipated for the decade when I first read oh, it. Oh, yeah, in the text, <laughs> and I put decade. He put decade. Okay, that's fine. We, so, we just yeah. had decade on the mind, but no, yeah. That's okay. Year. Well, I just want to throw out my most anticipated game for the decade is Elder Scrolls Six. Okay. Um, but that's not comes out in 2030 i don't think it's coming out this year all right then i'll just say playstation 6 <laughs> That'd be so for bad. mine of the decade <laughs> there you go um and now for my movies um i just had the list up and it disappeared let's see films of 2020 um i am mo- i'm gonna start with my number one my number one is um godzilla versus kong insanely excited for that um there's not a lot of films this year that jump out to me i agree um that weren't already mentioned um call of the wild looks really interesting i saw the trailer for that uh, 1917 i didn't even know that movie was being made but that looks really interesting and the way that they're making it looks like it could be really good and then i also so i was that three right there i don't remember sure (laughs) i'll say um wonder woman 1984 looks interesting I'm not um, one of those people who worships the 80s nostalgia, <laughs> and like a lot of people are. Um, it, it's interesting. Um, this movie doesn't look as exciting to me as the first Wonder Woman did, but also go watch it. Um, who knows? Maybe I'll be surprised. I like Wonder Woman as a character. I like Steve Trevor as a character. I think Cheetah can be really interesting. And Maxwell Lord is in it, and Maxwell Lord is a really cool villain, so that should be interesting. And now for um, TV shows, there's not, I don't really watch a lot of TV. So um, I don't think this counts, um, Witcher, because <laughs> it came out last year, but I haven't seen it. So I'll say that's something I anticipate watching this year, even though it didn't come out this year. Um, I am interested in Stranger Things season four, if that's coming this year, I don't know. Um, but I'm interested in that. And then if Dragon Ball Super returns this year, I'm really excited for that we don't know at all when it's returning but i'll be really excited for when that returns and i guess that's my top three for everything i, for, I forgot to add uh i'll replace it um i'll replace the boys i uh ne- promise neverland season two is coming out at the end of this oh year. yeah i forgot so about I'll, that i'll, I'll, t- that, I'll that take definitely out, deserves an honorable yeah, mention at least yeah. i'm taking out the boys for promise neverland the crazy thing okay. is the crazy thing is as the movie buff that i am you both kind of said that like there wasn't a lot of movies that popped out and it's like wow there's a lot of movies that i really want to see that are coming out this year so i just thought that was funny because like I'm, oh, like I'm like wow there's a bunch of movies that i really want to see that come out um like i mean no time to die comes out this year i'm really excited for that oh, yeah. um well what that says to me is adding bradley as a co-host yeah. was a really good decision yeah. because throughout this year there's going to be a lot of stuff that we are now going to cover that we wouldn't have covered otherwise yeah so yeah that makes cool. sense definitely yeah. uh, and then i mean I, i'm a huge horror movie fanatic and i don't know how much you guys are big into horror movies so stuff like the invisible man is coming out a quiet place oh 2. that looked interesting i forgot about yeah. that there's, a, there's also there's also a new uh blumhouse movie coming out called fantasy island 
and I thought that looked really cool. So there's uh, yeah, there's a lot of movies that I saw trailers for, and I was like, yep, yeah, I'm gonna go see all of those. Uh, New Mutants comes out. So. Yeah, I don't have high hopes for that. <laughs> I'm just excited for it. Yeah. I don't know how like hopeful I am, yeah. but to kind of see like watching the trailer and seeing this like mutant like Marvel mutant um like almost like horror movie looked really interesting to me. So I was like, I'm going to go see that because it actually looks really interesting. I totally forgot. Um, I think now I, I wasn't super interested in the whole Sony's Marvel universe until this latest Morbius trailer and they showed Voltra at the end. But just because of that, I'm now kind of excited for the next Venom movie where I feel like, oh, yeah, I, feel like I wasn't as excited. But now I feel like knowing kind of that they have something up their sleeve, I'm kind of like, OK, now, now I'm kind of even more excited. <laughs> Well, well so. you know what Morbius also does? Morbius establishes the footing for Blade. Oh, yeah, that too. Yeah, true. Good because point. You, because they're adding vampires to the, the universe. Yeah. Um, and then also, one of the things that I... You might not have thought about it, Lesh, but mm-hmm. as the Disney fan, I know you are. Mm-hmm. It was surprising to me that you didn't mention Jungle Cruise. I'm actually not that excited for that movie. Oh, okay. So, but I, I'm, just, I'm I know that, you're a huge Disney yeah. fan, so I thought like maybe that kind of played in I, I'm not a, I'm not a huge, you wanting to see it. I'm not a huge fan of The Rock, which is why I don't think I'm, I'm as excited <laughs> I, for the, Is it because he plays himself in every film? <laughs> I feel like he's just... His, yeah, I mean, that's a part of it, yeah. I feel like I, his movies I enjoyed are kind of the him. same thing. Over over I enjoyed again. him in Jumanji 2. I don't know if yeah. you guys have seen Jumanji 2 yet. I actually enjoyed He was really good in Tooth Fairy. I enjoyed Jumanji 2. Uh, he was great in Game Plan. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's another one. I am excited for, um, Raya, speaking of Disney films, I am excited for Ray and the Last Dragon. That's like their Thanksgiving movie this year. It's, it's, uh, I think the last um, like original animated film they've done was Moana, which was like a few years ago um, now. Yeah. So I'm, I'm kind of excited to see like a non-sequel thing from them kind of yeah something more original but yeah well i think that closes out our game slash activity yeah yep all right so you can reach out to us on twitter i'm at leshes more i'm at joshua comics and i'm at loremaster brad all right you can search for us on facebook youtube and bit shoot if you search up the comic and culture cast and anything else anyone wants to add um, I guess I'll just kind of finish with, I, I am really excited to join you guys. Um, it's something I talked about with Lesh for a really long time. We went back and forth for months talking about it. Um, and yeah, I'm super excited to just kind of get the opportunity to talk about a lot of the pop culture stuff that I find fascinating and my love for movies and comics and TV shows and video games. So I am really excited and I'm happy you guys are excited to have me join and I'm thankful for the audience to hopefully accept me and not be like, I hate him because he's the new guy. Um, (laughs) But yeah, so thank you guys for the opportunity to come on here and co-host with you guys. Of course, yeah. Cool. Honored to have you. Definitely. Really excited to see the future and what this year brings with all three of us here. And also, that also means if there's an episode or a topic that I'm not really into or Lesh is not really into or Lesh is busy or I'm busy, we can still have an episode with two people at least. So... Yeah, for sure. Like, uh, like the original plan for Kakarot was that mm-hmm. it was going to be me and you, and then Lesh kind of surprised us with his text yes. message. I, I surprised it. myself. Yeah. <laughs> and then I know we're also doing the episode on Star Wars. Lesh, Star Wars, yeah, The new yeah. trilogy, yeah, yeah, with just Lesh and Bradley, so. So, yeah, for sure. That's, that's something I'm excited about as well. Kind of give us an opportunity mm-hmm. to make more episodes and have more conversations on things. 
Definitely. Oh, you know what I just realized? What's up? Our typical Aquaman and Aqualad bit. How are we going to do that with Bradley now? Uh, I can sit out. <laughs> All right, Bradley sits out for this one, but next episode... We're going to have something new, and Bradley's going to have a role in it, okay? Sounds good. I just want to clarify, I think I'm always going to be the hated one, because I always make up news, so I think... That's true, so, that's true. I just want to throw that out there. But uh, At least you didn't make up any this episode. Well, episode's not over yet, right? Uh-oh. Okay, no, I'm just kidding. All right, uh, Wailing Wolfish Aquaman reviews end of the podcast. Well, that's just too bad, Aqualad. I guess we'll just have to wait until the next episode, when we go over, flips through my notes. Star Wars. Is Star Wars the next episode? I think so. I think so. Either that or Birds yes, of it Prey. Yes, it is. All right. Star Wars. Yep, Star Wars and then Birds of Prey. So I will not be here next episode, but I will be here in spirit because I'll probably be editing it. Yeah. Well, Aqualad. We'll bring you in as a force ghost. Sounds good. <laughs> All right. See y'all later. Everyone take cover. When a humble bar graced a ride along. With Geralt of Rivia, along came this song. From when the White Wolf fought a silver-tongued devil, his army of elves and his hooves did they revel. They came after me with masterful deceit. Broke down my loot and they kicked in my teeth While the devil's horns minced our tender meat And so cried the witcher, he can't be bleed Toss a coin to your witcher, O oh valley of plenty O oh valley of plenty, oh Toss a coin to your witcher, O oh valley of plenty Thank you.